0: Welcome to the New Zealand Tech Podcast, presented by Paul Spain, Bradley Burroughs and guests. Hey folks, here we are. This is the New Zealand Tech Podcast, back here with episode three, featuring this week, Brad Burrows. How are you doing, Brad?
1: Oh, I'm fantastic. It's great to be back after a nice little trip away to Fiji. Um, been Ooh. lots going on in the world since I've been away.
0: Yeah, definitely. Definitely been pretty busy. And Skip? Welcome Where's, along again. Where was my invite to Fiji? Uh
1: oh, it was a bit tight in the bed that week.
0: So. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I'm glad to be uh, back as well. Had a little bit of a, uh, a break myself. <laughs> <laughs> hang on, hang on.
2: A break? Where did you go, Paul? Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> and about when did you go to Tokyo?
0: Um... Well, I was in the air during the very first earthquake, which was Wednesday, which didn't get much media coverage because it was only a seven or something, but I landed to a text message saying, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, um, yeah, so that was when I, when I hit Tokyo, and uh, the Thursday we heard about people dying in China with an earthquake, and then uh, Friday while we were out and about uh, at some Japanese gardens, the, um, everything started to shake pretty violently.
2: Man, you choose great holiday
0: destinations. <laughs> yeah. You're not giving my travel guide
2: again. Good no. Lord.
0: <laughs> but uh yeah, made it back in one piece. But it was uh yeah, it was very interesting to be to be there during that time and to sort of catch catch a bit of you know what it actually is like during a, a disaster situation. <laughs> uh but very pleased to be home. I bet. <laughs> So, uh, this week we've got a few topics to cover. Uh, in terms of local news, we're going to talk about the uh, snapper cards that are launching in Auckland, or have just launched, been around in Wellington for a while. Uh, Treat Me, which is the new site from, who's that from, Trade Me? Yep, Trade Me. Trade Me, yep. and uh, TravelSIM have just launched. Um, international company that's launched um, this new uh, SIM card for New Zealanders travelling overseas. And we're going to talk about Intel's super snappy, fast new SSDs. Netflix, Zune, and Zune Access from NZ. Brad, you're going to uh, fill us in on your experiences there?
1: Yep, that's a good one, good one to go through. That am
0: looking forward to that. Uh, we talk a little bit about uh, the 4G happenings in Australia. And we hear a little bit about a bit of hacking that's gone on in the States recently with RSA.
1: The plot (laughs) thicker.
0: And uh, iPad 2 will be be coming in there towards the end. So let's get into it. Snapper. What have you guys heard about uh, Snapper launching?
1: Uh, The billboard outside the studio, and that's about my knowledge so far. It's all over to you, really, to sort of tell me about it tonight.
2: (laughs) I've been um, waiting for Snapper for a long time. Every time we go to Wellington, Snapper just makes it so much easier just to be able to have that little plastic RFID tag, snap on, snap off. and
0: So what? what is
2: it? Yeah. it basically it's just another cashless um, service. I mean you go, you load up your snapper card with uh, credit and you go into a bus service and they have little readers on the front of the bus and you snap on and you snap off and it just goes, oh, you went this way, this distance so I'm going to deduct that amount from your um, snapper. Which is great. It also works in cafes. So you can get coffee and ah. all sorts of dairies have them as well. So... Just think if you're a parent and you've got kids going to schools, it's a great way to just give them the card to be able to s- use that for bus services and all the drink they can have at the store
1: or whatever. <laughs> it's it's the Two Degrees version of, of a prepaid SIM card, basically, isn't it? It really is. It's just a prepaid card that you can go for. Pre- yep. You mean a prepaid F-Post card yeah. sort of thing yeah. or credit yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: but the, the advantage of this technology, and, it, and it's pretty common around the world, and we probably all use them when we've been in London yep. or um you cards know, in but, London. yeah yep. yep uh singapore and and whatnot in fact i've probably got a pile of them at home from <laughs> from all of those locations with credit on them and whatnot uh but it's just so easy isn't it because you don't have to swipe put pins in and you don't have to th- throw cash around there they're, they're uh, it's a great uh, great technology so has
1: has all the transport systems bought into it because i mean at the moment it took them so long to get onto the old you know the where you didn't actually have to swipe to get in there basically on the bus systems have they all got the new swipe systems on them already do we know or
2: i've i've only seen them i mean i, I live on the shore so i'm um, stuck with ritchie's and um Birkenhead buses and i mean the Birkenhead buses i think run off steam engines to be honest so i don't know if they're going to be able to power a snapper <laughs> unit i haven't seen anything but the metro line services from town into other parts of the city yep. have the the snapper mounts oh, already good. there so I'm assuming they're up on there. I'm looking at their um, press release, and they're talking
1: about uh, taxis and a hundred retailers, and no buses. Now, taxis would be great. Taxis for me would be stunningly good. You know, not even to have credit cards every time; you get to swipe on, swipe off. Yeah, that's just going to be a godsend.
2: Yeah, no, they haven't mentioned any buses, and that's going to be, I think, the biggest hassle is trying to get all the different bus companies to work together yep. on it. And there's going to be different fare structures and also. Oh, It's a mess. I think
1: it's going to be a bit of a mess. New Super City's going to have to sort it out.
0: They are. Yeah. It does talk about Snapper on the bus, but I'm not sure if it's for Auckland on Wellington. Bus, ferry...
2: Just looking at their Auckland press release, uh, Snapper launches in Auckland, and they're not mentioning buses. They're mentioning things like, um, obviously, the Fixed Dairy City Convenience Subway restaurant, so you can get your sandwiches. Uh, Stationers, pharmacies, uh, some of the park and rides. So I guess you kind of can use it in... The bus, if you use it to transfer it to a ticket, you know, it's a bit of a funny way around it,
0: but not yet. You, you can't walk onto a bus with it yet by the looks of it. So In Auckland. Yeah. If you're in Wellington, then you're very lucky you've had it for ages, and you're laughing at all of us here in Auckland who are so far I mean, behind the times. Wellington will probably get snapper on airplanes before they get Auckland gets the buses sorted, I don't know. Yeah, very true, very mm. true. Oh well, they've I mean they've always been pretty switched on in, in Wellington with uh, with some of these bits and pieces, like their uh, uh internet around the city and, and so on with City Links. So um yeah. Never mind. Someone's got to um It's the city of the future, you realise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Treat me. Have you guys had a look at um the new offering from Trade Me, the new um what's a Groupon clone really, isn't it?
2: I saw about a second of it today and I in passing. It was a Burger King voucher, a Burger Fuel voucher or something, wasn't yes, it?
0: Yes, look, free plug for Burger Fuel. There you go.
2: There you go. Well yeah. But um no, I, I I haven't really seen too much about it. It's like it's for me it's yet another deal service that's starting to flood my email at the moment, so hopefully it's probably gonna be better than the rest. Who knows? I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting um thing the these deal uh, websites where, you know, they get a super supposedly a super good deal that uh, entices everyone to jump on board and buy the voucher and I guess they work on the basis that a lot of people won't actually get around to using their voucher and on the basis that it just is a lot of um, promote cheap promotion for the brand or the store or the product that's that's involved
1: is it piggybacking off the TradeMe me site or is it a standalone or is it it is a
0: standalone site but because it's been launched by TradeMe. Then they can promote those yeah. deals in fact they they sent out an email to their whole subscriber base this morning, promoting it and um you you know you obviously get a whole lot of awareness off the back of trade me being the biggest website in the country yeah
2: so do you as a retailer, do you bid for that space each day, or how does it work
0: from a retail side uh I'm not sure, but I've heard some uh comments that it's not as good for the retailers as maybe it looks. All oh, right. So it is very much a way for them to expose themselves to new customers, rather than being a great way for them to generate revenue.
2: Right. Well, that's that. Can't. That's not a bad thing. And especially if you're like a burger joint, because you go and and you get your free one dollar burger, um, but people are going to buy other things as well. So that's oh, a pretty swish looking sign. Mm.
1: I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, I I get the old first-in emails and all those type of services. And I I know quite a few people that use those services where it's the cheap deals, the the voucher-based system. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how it makes money. It's going to really have to rely on volume coming through. And I think they'll
0: get volume because they they have good deals like the other sites. What I was reading about recently was, I think it's uh, Microsoft have done a deal with a company in the States that collates together all of these um group buying discount deals yeah. and you'll be able to search through Bing and see, you know, all of the um all of the deals, which to me sounds better than signing up for Treat Me or what is it, one day dot or one of those, you know, having all these things to go through. If you've got somebody that just collates it all together for you, that um, that's probably quite a quite a nice way to, to go.
2: Bing to the rescue. Yeah,
1: well, it, it, it's... <laughs> bing, big, big, big. Yeah, and I mean, it brings that whole concept, which is the same methodology that they're using for the Windows Phone 7, which it, it pulls the content to you. They're doing this, obviously, the same thing with Bing. They're trying to pull that content in so you don't have to go searching multiple places. So In theory, it sounds great. It's going to have to wait and see how it delivers.
0: And whether any of those offerings overseas will be of any relevance to New Zealand because, you know, Bing, for instance, is really. US focused, isn't it? They're trying to win their market share in the US and I guess once they get to a big enough size they'll invest the money giving localization for other markets but at the moment we're too small a market to really get too much attention. Never mind. Um, Actually, while we're talking about um, Bing, I have a story about Google from from last (laughs) week to tell you. I was in the Vodafone building last week for some training in Wellington. This was just after I'd got back from uh, Tokyo. And I was asked to cover the IE9 launch that Microsoft were doing. So I decided to use Google Maps being the, the great mapping tool that it is and I looked up Microsoft Wellington and I trotted down to the address that it gave me and I couldn't find any Microsoft office there. And there was, I think there was an A option and a B option, and anyway, eventually I jumped on my phone and used Bing and found that Microsoft in Wellington was actually in the building that I was already in, <laughs> and or I had been in half an hour beforehand, uh, and just four, floor, four floors down, so... Um, Usually, I tend to find Google Maps is the best for finding stuff, but uh, on this occasion, Bing won by a long shot. In fact, in their answers, conspiracy, um, so. yeah, no, they, well, they had heaps of. There's probably two things that, there. like location.
2: A Bing's going to be the best search tool for things to do with Microsoft, for starters. And two, did you have your Google Map, Did you have your Google Maps set to exos- pointless exercise mode? So go for a nice big long walk. Seen that switch, yeah, but (laughs) my wife, my wife probably (laughs) did set that switch on um,
0: for me to ensure I got the exercise that I hadn't um, had previously. All right, thanks for that, guys. (laughs) (laughs) All right, what's our next topic? Travelsome. Now, travelsome is something that has the potential to be really cool Mm. for those of us that. Like to travel overseas, but don't like to get hit with big roaming bills from Vodafone, Telecom, Two Degrees, whoever. Mm.
1: And it, it's been really highlighted, I think, with the with the iPhone four being so popular and the iPhone three. People have been taking that overseas, and you read in the New Zealand Herald all the time of these you know five ten thousand dollar roaming bills, and you know it's. It's not fair of the poor old iPhone to get blamed for it. It's the carrier with the international charges that get stuck across. So. Well, there's
0: I think there's a number of, there's a number of angles in terms of where the costs are generated when we look at you know roaming with say a BlackBerry or a traditional Windows Phone uh, 6x. You know those were very low cost to actually get your email when you're traveling. Mm. iPhone, we were seeing people go from a you know couple of bucks, five bucks a day or something when traveling to you know, $100 a day, and that's just for getting their email. But then, of course, yeah, all the apps and bits and pieces that you run yep. push that up further and further.
1: And it's the same thing with Windows, Windows Phone 7, with the with the Google phones now. You know, as those phones become a lot more more rich media devices versus the old static-style devices, I think, you know, data is now just such a commodity that we've got to have with our with our phones. Mm. I mean, I watch movies on my phone no streaming movies which we'll discuss in a little bit but you know
0: you, you wouldn't want to do that while you're roaming oh god <laughs> there goes my house $10,000 a day yeah, probably. exactly
1: so yeah I mean so how's it going to help me so let's just say for me I'm in Seattle right and at the moment what I've been doing is I've been buying an AT&T sim putting it to my phone and then telling everyone my new international mobile number how could I fix that with this solution well
0: I, th- I think that it won't necessarily help if you're somewhere for a if you're going to be somewhere for a long time, you're going to get much better value you're getting a local SIM card. Usually, yep. but there are some countries where it's hard to get a local SIM card, yeah, or, or where you just can't get a prepaid SIM card, or Try you've got to Australia, jump, jump through goodness. all sorts of hoops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, show your passport, hundred points of ID. They do in Australia, all those sorts yeah. of things, and it, and it varies, but you can get it in Australia. It's it is hard, but it's not it's not that hard. Um, but what the travel SIM will do is. You've got preset rates for incoming, outgoing calls. In fact, in some countries, it's free to receive incoming calls while you're roaming on the travel sim, which Mm. sounds pretty cool. Um, Zimbabwe, um, Botswana. Yeah. Uh, mm, No. Anyway, um, have a look at their (laughs) website. It's got the 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 device device. then? (laughs) So so cheaper calls in and out and texts in a lot of cases, right? Whereas with Voda, you're paying... I think $0.80, cents, well, voter Telecom. In fact, all of them, I think, it's $0.80 cents to
1: send a text, yep. free to receive. $10 a megabyte for data if you're doing any surfing.
0: On voter, and it varies yeah, it um, on the other networks as well. So some benefits there, but I actually feel a bit disappointed, and I'm sure they. Well, they've told me they're working on this, but some of their data rates are actually more expensive than that. So in... Mm. Uh, if I'm right, the US, it was either the US or the UK, it was $70 a meg for them on data. What? So, I, so I say that <laughs> again? <laughs> 70 70 well, So let's you, might, <laughs> you might be saving money in, in some markets, but in others you're not. So you've got to go through and have a close look at their website. You've got to work out where you're traveling and see where it works out better. In other markets, it's about half the price of that $10 a meg rate down to 5 So be aware of that. Um, also be aware if you 're on telecom they 've got their de- deal where you can get um, i think it's a hundred megs for a hundred dollars when you 're roaming
1: That's not bad
0: yeah um i i'd need to check that but i'm pretty sure that's the uh, that's that's the the telecom deal at the moment which is um that's a is, good deal is is quite good so it comes down when you spend over um i think you pay ten dollars a meg up until you've done ten megs and then you get the
1: other ninety for free. Actually you just you just race up in my mind. I was just suddenly thinking to myself when you mentioned telecom, have you noticed how aggressive they're being in the market right at the moment? Um, With all the Android ads, the advertising, the open broadband their broadband prices have plummeted. I, I've noticed that actually they've changed their phrases. Telecom XT yeah.
2: is the smartphone network. Yeah. That's a new phrase I started hearing them use this week.
1: Mm. And i was just I've just been watching some of the advertising with the way that they're doing all the all the Android stuff. obviously they've been doing a big print Android media, but now they're suddenly going with t v ads and then I was listening to their one of their broadband packages I, I now I'll have to check this on the internet, but I think it was fifty me, uh, fifty gig of data for like sixty or seventy dollars on one of their broadband packages. And that is brilliant compared to what they used to be. Mm. And I just, when you mentioned about the telecom 100 meg thing, I just thought they've been so aggressive at the mm. moment. It's great. I mean, it's great with two degrees. is obviously forcing the competition, yeah. which is going to give us some, you know, hopefully some better data charges for our smartphone devices. Sorry, I mean off topic, but it just, yeah. It was no,
0: no, that, that's good. Well, I mean, it is great to see in in a lot of space, in a lot of tech spaces at the moment, we're seeing a lot of competition. Yeah. And we're seeing that with the smartphones. You know, Android is is innovating and delivering, you know, pretty quick updates there with smartphones, with tablets. We've got Apple doing what they're doing. Microsoft, are, you know, coming along reasonably nicely. Um, I, I, I would love to see a decent tablet come through, but you know, we we will sit and wait for a bit longer on that one. Can I be a little cruel? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go I uh, Just the, the thing that telecom is that they pro, do provide a fantastic. You know, I love the Telecom XT network, but they don't provide the handsets. So we can't really get some of the latest handsets like, um, dare I say, Windows Phone 7 again. And we've been asking them for a while. Now, I've heard a rumour on Twitter that they're doing something next month. But um, the the thing is that um, I guess that is their, their, their core product is networks, and they're really good at doing that. But they don't have the handsets to compete with Vodafone. So I guess they are having to sort of reduce the cost, provide much better
1: services that way they, just to stay competitive. I don't know, but... I think it comes down to what type of handset you want. I mean, if you were to walk into a vo- I mean, into a telecom store now, they are predominantly Android based. Mm. You know, that's really what they're leading with at the moment. And there are some beautiful devices out there for the Android platform. Um, yeah, I, I don't know whether they've got Windows Phone Seven devices coming next month or the month after, but um, when they get here, it'll, it'll be good for the market because the more we get in, the more competition we get is, is good for everyone. Mm, they've certainly been slow in that space,
0: and I think they've got yeah, they their handset. Um, head of handset uh, division, or whatever they call it, the the guy in charge of their handsets, told me that they were really into Android, and that was a big focus for them. And I think that's been really obvious. Mm. But <laughs> well, their know, stores covered with little green men. So. Yeah. <laughs> but they also indicated that they were going to be, you know, moving on Windows Phone Seven. But we just haven't seen, you know, anything from mm. them other than what's available through the corporate Genie type channel. Mm. And the handset that they've got yeah you know, it's all very good and capable, but it's probably a bit big and chunky for most uh, most users.
1: yeah it's yeah. not like your slick little device that you've got.
0: no, no, but if you want a slide out keyboard and you you know that's what you like, then good, but most people these days don't tend to want that no. so yeah anyway, anyway, I'll we'll give a my ve- xt yeah. Um, high horse now <laughs> <laughs> oh, nothing wrong with the xT network
2: my my constantly desiring a Windows Phone 7 from telecom? Actually, to be fair,
1: I must admit, both those networks, and including Two Degrees as well, all three of them did a fantastic job in that Christchurch earthquake getting services oh, up yeah. again. I mean, we obviously, my organisation's got offices down there and we had people affected, and they were twittering and Facebooking as they were walking out. And, you know, those networks held up bloody well. So, just, you know, to the people that listen from all those Two Degrees, Vodafone, Telecom, fantastic job for Christchurch, guys. Actually,
2: really I might, might share a little story about that because we, um, uh, obviously working for a broadcaster, we're trying to cover a lot of news stories down there. Mm. And we actually had our Gen.I. rep ring us directly and say, look, what can we do for you? And I know that around the time everyone's talking about, you know, stuff, the phone network's really congested and all that sort of stuff, the Gen.I. guys actually went above and beyond and had a look at what was happening with the network and said, look, you know, we're actually happy for you guys to do a lot more data stuff on the network at this time because it's at a state where it's actually pretty stable right now. Mm. And we actually did quite a lot of news coverage, both radio and television, on the T3G network from XT. Mm. That's great. And it was it, it was brilliant. It really was a lifeline down there. And a lot of people I, I know talked to me, that whole aspect of, okay, you can't make a phone call, but you can tweet. Yeah. And you can send data bursts, and it works really well. And I think there was a definite lifeline for a lot of people down there.
1: I don't know if any of you guys walked into the new telecom building, but they've got that, like this 50-foot-long plasma-styled wall that, that, that's up there. And they had about four or five different tweet sort of hashtags going up at the time rolling through. And it was just awesome to watch this level of communication coming through all across their network. So, yeah, look, all three of them, fantastic job. Just yeah. wanted to plug that for yeah. everyone. They yeah, did a good job. Great.
0: And I was quite uh, pleasantly surprised, actually, when I got back in New Zealand from Tokyo that I had a text message from Vodafone saying, "Hey, because you were impacted and and you were there, we're going to credit you back for wow, for wow. Um, whatever your charges were from the the day of the uh, quake, which is
1: twenty <laughs> Everything years.
0: seems a blur with earthquakes yeah. these days. Yeah, the eleventh to the seventeenth or something yeah. like that. So there's a block of days there where where I'll just get credited back, which I thought that wow. was uh, that was really cool. You know, so all right, that, 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 that's, that's enough talco love. We've done that all for right. about five minutes now. All Let's right. move on. Come all on. Right. So next on the agenda is um, the fast new SSDs coming out of Intel. Oh yeah. So SSDs, what are they? Skip, give us, a, give us a, an explanation for those who haven't used an SSD or, uh, or know what they are. What is it? Solid
2: state device. So we're basically talking about no moving parts. So in, in a drive. So it replaces a normal hard disk, right? Yeah, so the hard disk is on a spinning platter and you've got an arm moving across writing data to a head. It takes a long time in the world to go across from one part of the disk to the other. SSD, it just accesses it like RAM. Nice and fast.
1: Super snappy, super fast. And they are beautiful. I think we were (coughs) just having a conversation earlier on around, I've just upgraded three of my devices. Oh, it is just a different world for, and I mean, I've got Macs and I've got my Windows devices, and you know, Macs have always had that solid state. They've had that premium hardware and all their build qualities. And I think one of the big complaints of Windows users has been those slow boot-ups and start times. And, oh, my goodness, comparable now. Mm. Four or five-second boot times from cold. Um, on hard on my laptop and my desktop, um, and you know, it's only a 128 gig little uh, little SSD. So the size is the big thing. I boot off my SSD, and I have a, a big fat SATA drive sitting next to it when I want to have my store du- your video yeah. and all your other bits and pieces. Because your, your SSDs are yeah. too
0: expensive to get in size at the moment, yeah. aren't they? So what sort of price were you finding those SSDs for? Did Look, you get them locally or while you're yeah, in the states? Yeah, or?
1: Or? No, PB Tech actually have got some good prices. I've got the new Intel ones, which we're going to sort of pro- Touch on in a second but um mine were 269 i think it was for a 128 gig yeah, So it's very good yeah that's very good you know and i mean for 269 i think i can get a three terabyte you know um, sata based drive um but the ssds it's a different world it really is i can i understand that level of um frustration for mac users when they go over to windows on a, on a non-mac device because you just sit there and the performance is just i think in the windows performance benchmark i went from 4.5 to 7.9 for my hard disk <laughs> access well, <laughs> which, which for windows users they'll know what i mean it's just stunningly fast for mac users they'll be like well, that's standard you know and i can see why now it's just yeah they are worth the investment at the moment yeah well that
0: has been really one of the one of the uh, nice points about the the macbook era Air having the ssd yep. in there does make it a, a really snappy machine um pretty cool now what what was what's been announced and it it was a few weeks ago but um we hadn't covered it yet we'd meant to um was that intel have announced these new ssds and their performance now is going to be 500 megabytes a second read time and 300 megabytes a second write time which you know that on a sustained basis is so
1: much faster than any hard you know normal hard disk that you can get it 's going to be phenomenal, yeah, and I mean with now one of the big problems before was obviously the trim support, so as those drives filled up all the ones and zeros is is the ability to clean up as they went along now. Windows 7 does it natively, the, the latest, uh, from what I understand, the latest Linux kernel, and the Linux guys can hopefully Twitter and correct me if I'm wrong here, but the latest Twitter, um, sorry, the latest Linux kernel fixes that up, and the Mac OS now has support yeah, for that as well. Yeah, I think well. that's just coming yeah. in for uh, OS X as yeah. well on the Mac. Because that drive. would cause slowdown over time. As yeah. those, those drives filled up, you couldn't clean up basically your dirty data. Yeah.
0: Good. So hopefully we'll all be able to afford them soon, or they'll just start being, being standard. But there aren't wow. many laptops today that you can buy with with an ssd in them lenovo's got their x301 which has been around for a while now and and that's always always been nice and 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 snappy because of it but there isn't really too much else other than Mm. as an option right i've got the actually
1: i've got an hp um tablet 2940 and that's got a 128 gig ssd in it okay and again that's just makes a world of difference but i had to buy that as an optional extra again it's the 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 mac guys have had this for a while Mm. The Intel PC world, um, we're just getting up to speed, I think. But definitely, it's worth the investment at home. My media center runs like a dream on
0: this thing. That's fantastic. All right. Well, we might all have to uh, invest in in one or two of those as well. Now, something, Bradley, you've been doing at home for a while is accessing some of the U.S. video Mm. music-type content uh, a few of us have have tried similar sorts of things, but I think what you're doing is is right up there in terms of what's possible, in terms of what's, what's pretty much legal, and what, what's practical in New Zealand. So maybe you can just share some insights of, of what you've been doing there.
1: Yeah, no, that, that, the first thing I want to state is that everything that we're talking about here is everything's a paid service. So there's no hacking, bypassing copyright laws, because whenever I first start talking about people around this, they think torrent sites and everything else. So one of the things is, is um, things like Hulu and Netflix and even um, BBC iPlayer is all geo locked down to kind of point of origin country. And these are subscription-based services. So what I've been able to do is do some testing with, with the Xbox 360 is I've used a service called StrongVPN, which allows me to make my point of presence anywhere in the world. Now, for me, I've made it um, San Francisco, and suddenly Netflix and my Xbox have come alive. That's fantastic. And Honestly, it is a. So then I subscribe to Netflix. So I pay nine ninety nine a month um, for that, and suddenly I've got all these on demand movies. It I, is I just must brilliant.
2: leave now to go and play with my Xbox. It, is. <laughs> <laughs> it
1: works, and it works really, really well um, for things like the video the, quality can. Yeah, going, you know, it's not full HD, is it? Oh, because no, it no.
0: your bandwidth is constrained because you've got that VPN connection via strong VPN to the States. Yeah. And that means that sort of, yeah, it does squeeze your, your performance a bit lower than what you would normally get in terms of international bandwidth, yeah. right?
1: It, it's not 1080p or anything like that. But one of the smart things Netflix do is as it starts broadcasting, it actually works at your bandwidth as you're going along. So this, the movie always starts off in the first few seconds really chunky and then suddenly it gets really, really clear then it becomes DVD quality and then it's just above DVD, DVD quality but not quite Blu-ray type of quality. Sure. And it is, honestly, once it's going, it's, it takes about 15 seconds to start and you can scroll through all the movies, the television shows, all the on-demand services... But it's not the latest and greatest movies. That's the key thing I think with Netflix. Is that I have noticed that as well. Yeah, looking at Netflix, five I, I went behind. in there
0: looking for some yeah. some new stuff that was out here, and yeah, I was a bit disappointed that yeah. it wasn't that it wasn't all there. But some of those are available uh, via via Xbox and the Zune service, aren't they? Exactly right. You've got a few movies available in New Zealand without going through any hoops with the Zune service on Correct. Xbox, right? Yeah, you can go in there, stream them just like you know. Um, rather than going down to the store and getting a DVD or a Blu-ray disc. That works quite well, yep. but limited selection. But if you connect to the US and you've got, and this is what you'll have to tell us, um, if you've, it's really about having a US account and so on, yep. then you can get access to that Zoom catalogue, can't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, the key thing with the Zoom software is obviously your Live ID. So if you set up with a New Zealand-based Windows Live ID, that's going to restrict you to New Zealand-based content. If you've got a US-based, like a hotmail.com, Address rather than um, You uh,
0: Even the, doc, the older .coms can be
1: New Zealand-based, so you have, you, yeah, you it's can, worth yeah. setting up a whole new whole ID. A whole new ID with a yeah. US-based locale. But once you do that, again, Zoom comes alive, and mm-hmm. you can suddenly rent up-to-date movies. And their movie service, I think I was just reading before we walked into the studio here, is now ranked the number two movie service for content in America. So Google's obviously number one, but now it's past Yahoo. Google? Yeah, Google's number one. Yeah, Or YouTube, you see oh okay okay so you're not talking about apple's uh um, no apple mm. apple wasn't apple's three or four on their service because they don't class the itunes service or something i think it's something we can go into next week when we have a bit more detail on the Engadget article but mm. it was really interesting to sort of that was quite a statement i was like oh that's interesting but um yeah no it was it was it's in um, with zune and with hulu now hulu's really really good for tv shows <laughs> Um, if you're wanting TV shows, again, subscription-based service, which you have to pay for, so it's all legal. So, um, But, yeah, once you get into it, you can sign up for that um, with a US-based account, and away you go. Um, but Zune is really, really rich. Obviously, with, if you've got a Kinect here in New Zealand, um, you can use your Kinect to actually access your Zune software, and um, you can control the movies and everything from there. This
2: is the voice control? Voice control, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's all coming through. So, mm-hmm. And you can use, obviously, gestures and everything else um you out of there yeah you out of there so
0: <laughs> so does that voice the voice stuff on uh xbox with connect is that not enabled on a new zealand account not yet no it's only u.s yeah. based and it'd be great to have it i
2: mean it, i because okay, i have that because
0: i've got all my u.s setups yeah. and the Zoom uh, and the Zoom music talk to it. and so on uh i yeah i hadn't Hadn't fully clicked that um, yeah. the mere mortals like you, Skip, don't have <laughs> access to that yet. <laughs> and I, I, what they, now you know how to do it, though, <laughs> that's right? right? Well, yeah. what, they, what they
1: demoed at CES well, obviously was that next generation of the Zoom um, stuff, which is the, the live, you know, avatar. live avatars and everything like that, but also talking around Netflix being controlled like you do with gestures and hands and voice. So I think that ability to be able to control your home entertainment system with your voice and hands is, is getting closer and closer. So, but yeah, overall, overall, really good experience. Um, my kids love it; they get about fifty episodes of Scooby Doo that they can watch. <laughs> and watching a watching a six year old use um, the Kinect to control things is quite hilarious as well. It's good fun. That's cool. But um, yeah, I'd, I'd I would investigate it for people. Um, Strong VPNs, the, the company I use, um, and it's again, you pay for that service, and then obviously you have to sign up for everything else from that side. Yeah, good
2: or get stuff. your own international wholesale um,
0: fiber connection.
1: We can just piggyback off your skip. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, hook that up, Skip. Right. Uh, direct link back to my place. <laughs> cool. I'll, um, yeah, let's get that underway. All right, next topic on that. Oh, just talking of uh, Xboxes and, uh, oh, no. and the like. The cool new thing I got this week, um, and probably you guys aren't so interested, but I like to play poker from time to time. So I got the new Full House Poker on my Windows phone. Yeah. And on Xbox And the cool thing about it is Is it uses your Xbox avatar in game yep. Including yep. on the phone And when you earn Or when you win chips and stuff like that You can win them on the phone And then you go onto your Xbox And all of that comes with you So it sort of follows you around And it's, uh, it's actually quite cool
1: You know what we need to do We need to have an app of the week But for every for the three key devices Apple, Microsoft and the um, Google phone Yeah I that, think we need to cool. do that every week To keep it across the board We'll try and bring something in
0: Good Good. All right, we'll do that from next week. Yep, sold. All right. So um, sorry for getting sidetracked there. Back back onto our Xbox <laughs> fanboys <our>, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> our uh, our planned planned agenda. Uh, well, I guess all of us have got Xboxes. Who's got a PS3? Yeah, I got one of those. Yeah,
1: yeah. only I knew, for the, I knew only, you would. You've got you've got one of everything. And if only for the Blu-ray, though. But it looks like the George Foreman grill. It, just every time <laughs> I start the damn thing up, I think of George Foreman. It drives me insane. Uh, but Blu-ray. All right.
0: Now, 4G in Australia, we talked a little while ago that Telstra had made the announcement that yep. they were launching a 4G network there at the end of the year. Vodafone, who have had a lot of flack in Australia mm. for for their existing 3G network, uh, have said that hey, we're going to fix that this year, we're, and they're rolling out huge upgrades across their network. They've also said on the at, at the in conjunction with that announcement that they're going to start rolling out 4G as well.
1: So what does 4G mean for me?
2: Exactly. I was going to say, what is what is 4G?
0: Well, it comes
1: after 3G
0: <laughs> There is actually a 3.5G standard, isn't there? Well, that's what most stuff is today, really, isn't it? Yep. 3.5, or you, know, you even hear some people touting around a 3.6, 3.7 maybe. Um, but, but what we saw in that Telstra announcement was speeds of up to 70 megabits, Per second to the device to your to your device. Then those are peak published speeds. So in terms of what you'll actually get, we'll have to wait and see. And the top end of three G is now up to forty two megabits a second. But in terms of what you realistically see, obviously it's a it's a chunk lower than that. And most of our current devices don't actually support it. But that is starting to starting to become available. I, I went to a um, thing with the Ministry of
2: Economic Development a while back, talking about this four G LTE experience. Um, and they had uh, NTT Tacomo and uh, Huawei there and for them 4G is um, not only a change to the radio software but it's a whole philosophy change in terms of rolling out your network, it's uh, much more, uh, a much larger number of cells going across the city but they're actually smaller cells so that you do a lot more roaming and they reckon they get much more gain out of what they've currently got by just tweaking and moving stuff so I hear the word 4G and I think to myself, it's still five years off from actually being a four G network.
1: Yeah, and I mean, for me, at the end of the day, you know, on my mobile phone, I mean, we joke about being able to watch movies, but I do that via Wi Fi. The reality is, unless you can have television and services that we can consume, four G is going to be nothing to us. I mean, a web page goes from you know twelve seconds to five seconds, and it needs
0: to be affordable, right? Exactly. You know? So, yeah, and and at the moment, yeah, data is becoming affordable on on handsets. But as soon as you travel, as we were talking about earlier with the roaming, you're really, really stuffed. But And so that picture's got to change as well because, yeah. you know, people that,
1: that use these devices, um, a lot of us like to travel. But the more data you have available, the more you use. It's like having more cash. You're not actually any better off. So the faster <laughs> the you – know, it's like, you know, oh, great, I've got 4G and I've got a gigabit of data. Before you know it, using a gigabit of data, whereas before you survived on 200 meg. So I, I just – yeah, I just wonder about the speeds are great, but unless you're tethering, and you know, then why would you look at one of the other services to to run your laptop off? It's not going to make my calls any better, my call quality any better, and stop having dropouts. Yeah, dropouts a big
2: one. I think as soon as the cost comes down, that's when it'll start. You'll start winning. Yeah. Who cares about whether you can get a gig or hundred gig, exactly. whatever, to the cell tower or out to the net? And unless that cost come down, no one's going to use it. No one's going to watch television streaming on it. Yeah. You know, and I, ma- I have accidentally done
1: that a few times, <laughs> but no, I think I think we talked loosely um, a couple of weeks ago around the Ice Sky service, and um, you know, I, I see that when, when there's a consumption of the service where when four G would be great. You know, imagine the Ice Sky being able to broadcast out to any device, real time, you know, seven twenty or ten eighty type quality. Hmm. Uh, uh, based on what your um, Sky subscription yeah, is, that, yeah. would, that would be great. Actually,
0: I had some contact from uh, from Sky following. We we chatted about the iSky service uh, last time around, didn't we? Skip you kind of ragged on it just a little bit, <laughs> not a lot. Okay, I was a little bit critical. You're a little little just bit critical. So we, much, we're not going to touch on that again this week. But um, <laughs> get they a soapbox. They, they have said they're keen to talk to us, so we're we're going to um, hear a little bit more, and uh, we'll we'll certainly come back on the podcast and, and talk a little bit more about iSky and, and and maybe a little bit of what's coming up for yeah. them. So we'll, we'll see what they've
1: got to say, but I'm certainly, certainly interested. In I that. think it'll be interesting to sort of see it too, is that compared to the Netflix and the my Hulu experience, I'm going to have a go of iSky this week. So basically when they come in, I can sort of benchmark it for what's going to be happening as well. And, Good. Because I think that's key to sort of look at what the other services in the world, because that's what we should be looking at, right? We don't want to be left behind. So
0: No, no, not at all. All right. Now, also this week, we've had some. Tough news for those who, like me, bank with ASB and carry in their pocket one of these little devices called an RSA Secure ID tag. Isn't that just like having your password written on a piece of paper?
1: Yeah. Look, one, two, three. <laughs> yeah, there's my password. Paul, Paul right Spain's there. Uh, ASB account. One, two, three. My go password. now. Go now. My <laughs> password is.
0: 5 6 oh, oh hold on it's changing so <laughs> so, the, so what happened so the cool thing about these little tags is it yep. gives you and you use it in conjunction with your normal password and it gives you a a password that's auto-generated every 60 seconds you get a new one mm-hmm. that goes goes in there now what happened was RSA who are the supposedly the security experts authority um, <laughs> have been hacked uh-huh. and so we don't know exactly what's been taken, and I'm not sure if they know exactly. But there's a there's the the I guess a lot of the secrets behind how this secure ID technology operates is potentially out there with somebody who may use it for um, nefarious purposes, shall we say? <laughs> so, what did get hacked? Was it just their corporate website? No, that was their their
2: their token. They are their,
1: their internal data, not yeah. just a public facing website. <laughs> oh, that's just bad that's news. Very, so I mean so for most people on RSA token, they won't have them. It's it's a lot of corporates that use them at the moment. A lot of corporates use them to say log into
0: their network, mm-hmm. but uh, but people you know, some people use them, say if they've got a business bank account, they'll use them. You know, there are various things like that. It, it it's a, it's a form of what's called two factor authentication and and you know, with other bank accounts you might get a text message. To be that sort of second method of confirming who you are, or I think BNZ give you a little um, a little card that's got these these codes on it that's particular mm. to you. Um, you know, lots of people use different methods, but that one method is obviously something that people are going to have a, at least a little bit less confidence in going forward.
1: Mm. Now, has ASB got in contact with you? Nothing from ASB at this stage. Just interested to see if you want touch base with anyone. Yeah, yeah. I I guess
2: there's going to be a lot of corporates with these things sitting, well, the IT guys sitting back going, what are we doing? I don't know about this one. Because it's a bit tricky. If there's no information coming out of RSA about it, then it's sort of a 50-50 call for you really, isn't it?
0: Well, the news articles sort of had some some, uh, comments from RSA, and these articles have been everywhere. But I scoured the RSA website, and couldn't find anything to the point where I questioned: Is this a legit news story, or has someone made it up? Yeah. Because you would expect there to be it to be on their front of their page, a response, and so on. Maybe it is now, but certainly when I was looking looking uh, a few days ago, there was absolutely nothing from them, no response at all. So. Yeah, very, very interesting. What, it, what, it does, what this does do though, I think that there, there's a positive side to it. It reminds us all that it's really important to have good secure passwords and to not use the same password on you know multiple locations, multiple websites, etc. Yeah. And I think that's a trap that it's really easy to fall into, which is to say, "Oh yeah, I'll just use this password and I'll use it everywhere." Uh, because you know, we've also seen a lot of websites getting hacked recently yeah. and some pretty high-profile ones.
1: Across multiple platforms they run on too, whether yeah. it's Linux or Windows or whatever it is. It's been, there has been a real heavy um, attack platform happening out there at mm-hmm. the moment. Mm-hmm.
0: And so if you're, someone attacks a website or a, or a service, whatever it is, and that's got your username, your email address, and your password and then tries using those same credentials against a banking website or or any other sites, your email, your Twitter, Facebook, you know, if you use those
1: same passwords, then they're going to get in there and and take over your account. It was interesting, actually, just before we walked into the studio here, I was listening to the radio, and they were now this is going to go down like a lead balloon um (laughs) they were talking about different celebrities that have actually had devices hacked and there are two more celebrities today it was um i think it was a lisa milano or someone has had their mobile phones hacked and it's interesting like the gadgets that we all use now whether it's you know um, a gaming device a tablet device you know a mobile phone suddenly there's a real attack platform on these things now and people are finding that all this personalised data that they've got on you know, people's photos, which celebrities tend to take nude pics of themselves all the time, and you <laughs> leave them on. So you've got to wonder. Don't, oh, what don't we people, all do you know, that? What are these people doing? <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> Paul, put your phone down. Um, but, yeah, I mean. Look, it's all right, audience. <laughs> we're all fully dressed here. <laughs> yeah, we'll do the show in the nude next time. No, just kidding. No, look, I mean, but it just, it just is the gadgets that we now play with at home suddenly becoming corporate devices Security is huge on these things, whatever it is, you know, cross platform. So it's going to be something I think we're going to have to keep an eye on moving forward.
0: Yeah, and we we talked um, last week about the um, the fun and games with with Android and and some of those dodgy apps that ended up landing on a you know, few people's devices. Yeah. Um, you know, that sort of thing will will there'll be more of those sorts of things to every platform. Yeah. Um So yeah, there, there's certainly a need for. For a lot of caution there,
1: and I think I think with the plat- with the app store concept that Apple developed, now going across, I mean everyone's got an app store. My God, Intel has an app store. You know, everyone has an app store. You know, that platform, that security of those applications is, is critical. It's where Apple's done really well. Yeah, you know,
2: and there are I mean, there's a lot more attack vectors out there with mobile devices. And thanks to the government legislation about driving with cars, we all have Bluetooth enabled, <laughs> and Bluetooth <laughs> stacks are just the hacker's best friend. Um, and it is, I mean, it's quite easy to sit, actually I won't say I've done this, maybe I have, with a 24 dB gain Yagi antenna on the roof of your building pointing into the car traffic down below. <laughs> but, Sorry, just to, Skip's
1: doing a demo to us right now <laughs> What he was doing with his hand.
2: <laughs> but, um, I mean, it's it, it's just the nature of what we're doing with devices now. So
1: Maybe it's good to get one of the, um, there's a, a company in Auckland that we could potentially tap up to get one of the guys on to come and talk about what they do and how they actually plug in what some common things are for people at home and also in the business. Mm. Yeah, yeah sure. Sounds interesting. Sounds interesting.
0: Now, coming up, uh, we've talked a fair bit in New Zealand local news, um, but coming up locally in New Zealand this week is something that's already happened in the States, which is the iPad 2 launch. I've heard of this. Yes. So um, <laughs> The marketing go. machine's if, got you. If you're lining up for one of those, make sure you get your order in. I'm not sure what the New Zealand
1: 25th, I think it is, off the top of my head. Yeah, 25th, 25th but yeah. I'm not
0: sure whether uh, what the story is with who's going to have stock and so on, because you know there have been um, you know stock issues with some of these products in the it's past. It's not going to be a last minute dash to Australia to pick up whatever's left over to bring across. Yeah, wasn't that what happened with the iPhone four? I was think it was the iPhone four. that had stock issues, a mate. bit of, a bit yeah. of drama. The uh, launch was announced, and there were people queuing up outside stores, and to, the stores didn't to actually have display any boxes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, hopefully that that runs a little bit smoother for um, for Apple this time around. And also, I'm not sure of the details, but I think Two Degrees have got something maybe even happening as we speak. They've got some little announcements, so some some news. So. Um, certainly, good to see more activity coming out of uh, Two Degrees in terms of their launching of of uh, plans and then moving into the business market, which is is possibly what this week's announcements are about. They
2: did announce today the the size of which they've grown to and how popular they've become. Ah, that might so be that was the big news. Um, their their big news was that they are in uh, one out of eight New Zealanders, one in every eight New Zealanders is a Two Degrees customer.
1: Good on them! Yeah, yeah, really that's, good. That's huge
0: achievement.
2: Yeah. It, it it is. It's great, great product, really. Excellent Especially for uh, my
0: wife I've been in a drop My cell phone costs heaps <laughs> <laughs> Very nice Very nice Alright well that's it For us On the NZ Tech Podcast This week mm-hmm. I think we're We're out of time Now just to finish up uh, I think It would be good If everyone knew How to get hold of you guys On Twitter mm-hmm. So Bradley What's your Twitter handle uh, Brad Boar B-R-A-D-B-O-R Cool And Skip And mine's Urban Kiwi NZ Excellent and mine is just my name to keep
1: it easy, Paul Spain. And what's the hashtag? Have we got a we got a Twitter account for the podcast? Yes, we've got. At He's trying to remember. NZ- it now. <laughs> no, it's very
0: easy. It's very easy. Uh, at NZ tech Podcast. Very easy. You almost forgot NZ it. NZ Tech <laughs> Podcast. NZ yeah. Tech Podcast. Yes, yeah, which and the same on as our website,
1: nztechpodcast.com. dot com. Cool. And we'll um, have this up hopefully in a couple of days, and um, in a couple of weeks, I think. We've got quite a few guests. We're going to get trying to dug in some um, gaming people in. Hopefully, talk about some of the new browsers coming out. We've got obviously IE9, and we've got, I got this wrong before, we've got Firefox 4 coming out tomorrow. So, yeah, I think we should hit those topics next week. Yeah. Good. Yeah, definitely. All right. Thanks, guys.
0: We will catch you all again on the next episode of the NZT Podcast. Cheers.
1: Bye-bye.